Hey, hello, and welcome to the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank. Joining me is Tyler, who has been freshly awakened to uh, the new Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise trailer, which dropped, I think, shortly after we recorded the last podcast. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, Tyler, but we, we, we've got to talk about this trailer. What a trailer. We've got to talk about Jack. We've got to talk about that song that they chose. Yeah, yeah. I think this game is totally, uh, like, creatively, it is totally unhinged. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It is, it's chaos. And uh, I think I'm in for it. I think I'm going to play Stranger of Paradise. Yeah? Are you going to check out the demos that are out at all? No, I'm not even going to touch any of the demos. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm just going to go in. No, I don't need any previous experience with this. I know what Team Ninja games are like. I've played Neo. Right. So yeah, I'm Yeah, I I think I'm in. I I think I'm I think I'm ready for the bullshit this game's going to bring. Yeah, it um I'm I'm curious how hard the game's going to be. Just you know, Team Ninja doing Neo. Those games can be pretty difficult. So I'm curious if it's going to be in that direction or, or just more straightforward action game. But uh, I mean, the combat looks all right. I mean, there's some cool stuff going on there. A lot of the boss and like creature design seem pretty neat. Um, but man, that that story like. What is, what the fuck is going on? That dialogue seems really bad, but mm-hmm. it seems like it knows what it's doing in a way. I don't know. <laughs> it's so crazy. Also, the lip syncing is horrible in that trailer. It's so bad, and the characters just kind of have like no emotion in their faces at all when they're speaking. So. Oh, yeah. That that just adds to the corniness of it all. I mean, there's so much in that trailer that I could go over that is just hilarious. Um, like, he just has a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. He, he just has a fucking cell phone. And he doesn't even put it down to talk with his, I guess, his wife. His, his, his wife princess. He doesn't even put his phone down. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He nope. he is terminally online, which I guess I can relate to. Um, but yeah, it's it's surely going to be something. Yeah, I will not forget. <laughs> yes. Just yeah. visually comparing it to recent console Final Fantasy games, graphically like. With Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's like, ooh. All right, this all right, ain't looking too hot. I, I gotta, gotta up. admit, but but like the the art style is is really look. Cool. If Pokemon can fucking get away with it, and it seems like it is getting away with it, I just like that's totally off the table for me. I don't give like those kinds of criticisms if you're not gonna level them at like the oh, the absolute worst example of it. Then I just sure. can't. I can't get with it. Sure. 
Yeah. Like if I see if I see critics out here bashing Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise's graphics, the same critics who think that Pokemon looks fine. Uh I'm just go I'm going to have a meltdown. Right. Yeah, that new Pokemon game does not look too hot visually. Ah. <sighs> You know what? Let's just get to this other trailer. Did you watch the new Pal World trailer? <laughs> I have not. I have not watched that. I'll just play oh, it here God. in the background. I mean, Pal World looks like visually looks a lot better than Pokemon does. Oh yeah, it yeah. might be ripping off Pokemon a little bit. I mean, a lot of the monsters look similar, but I, I'm not sure I can really uh, I can really fault them for that because. Yeah. Uh, there's only so many directions you can go if you're going to create, like, a monster-capturing game. Like, there are going to be similarities. Right. But I like what Power the the bold direction Power World is taking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that there's guns in this game just is amazing. Dude, I mean, <laughs> it's what Pokemon should have done. Yeah, but honestly, we'll never yeah. Do. <laughs> Like, you can just mount guns on your creatures or whatever in this game, and it just, it seems so ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, visually, it looks very cool. I mean, the fact that we've never seen Blastoise fire a cannonball is just, I mean, that's, it's the lowest hanging fruit, and they just haven't, they haven't taken it. Right. (laughs) How do you feel about... It's. I mean, it, it seems like there's in some enslavement going on here with these creatures. Look, you know? I'm interested in the story they have to tell about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I hope. I hope they have something to say about that, and that's just not a fact of the world because you know, too true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this game honestly does look neat. Yeah. It's, right. it's a, yeah, it's it's the Pokemon formula just with some very interesting twist on them. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I mean as as stagnant and I I get that the new Pokemon introduces some new gameplay, but like at what cost? Because that game's look that game looks like total shit and I'm not I don't think anyone can contest that it looks like shit. Um like for the most part, like, the mainline Pokemon games have been very stagnant. Oh, yeah. Like, they've done the same fucking formula for decades now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I just, I feel like, look, the short, long story short, I feel like Digimon deserves a revival, <laughs> deserves a renaissance, <laughs> deserves deserves a cultural renaissance. We need Digimon back in a strong position. Maybe Digimon Survive is that game. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not hopeful. Um, but yeah, great. Uh, let's talk about games we actually did play, though. Uh, since uh, you know, it's been a while since we've really talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, last night we got together and played some games. We played some Rainbow Six Extraction. Yes, uh, we did. Another with another pal of ours. Um, and I... 
I'm having a tough time figuring out whether or not I like this game. <laughs> I agree. Um, because it was fine. Like, I had a pretty alright time when it was me, you, and our buddy Keith. Like, that was a pretty okay time. I, I enjoyed playing with y'all. But I don't know how... I don't know if it was just because I was playing with y'all or if it was this game. Because this game kind of felt like, uh, I mean, it, it just felt like something to do. Yeah. It, it didn't, like, it wasn't really engaging for me, like, this whole uh, stealth shooter kind of thing. Um, it, it's just, it just felt really slow, and uh, maybe that's, maybe I do need to play a game that's slow once in a while to appreciate faster games. Uh, but... Yeah, I just generally, I feel like I would have been bored if I wasn't playing with friends. Yeah, I um, I played some by myself, like, a few days before we played um, last night. And I kind of hated it, where, yeah, I think this game is doable solo. The game does scale pretty nicely, um you know, depending on how many people you have playing, uh, which is, which is cool. But I, I found that when it got really hot, when you got detected or something like that, and, you know, all of a sudden you have a bunch of the alien enemies, whatever they're called, arcanes, I guess, um, charging at you, it got really overwhelming and was not very fun. And there were moments last night when we were playing where, you know, even all three of us being alive, it kind of almost was really frustrating where, you know, there's that one very specific one where we finished the objective, we were fine. Um, and there were just so many nests in this one area that we had to go through to get to the extraction point that it just felt like the enemies were endlessly spawning and we couldn't really make any headway at all. And we yeah, ended well, up dying. I just, I like, I, that sort of stuff's kind of frustrating to me. I had a bit of frustration there because I feel like that was a matter of knowing the map because I had played that map previously and I knew of a sideway we could have gone. Mm. But y'all, I seemingly just already made the decision you were going to go the main way through the parking garage. Uh, where in a later time when we played that level, we did take the sideway out and it was a lot easier. Mm. Um, I think that's just a matter of knowing the map there because we should not have tried to push through the center of that map. Probably not. No. But, you know, I think the game... Like, when you uh, complete all the objectives, you know, all three stages of the map or whatever, and you get out alive and y'all have really good health still... Um, that stuff can be pretty satisfying and was was pretty fun, um, but some of the mechanics are just kind of weird. Like the whole health thing is the health of your team basically uh, is one that I I get what they're going for, but to me, kind of is a little frustrating because the. the the point of the game is just, just to play these different operators and kind of make it happen. And I get there's a an angle that the design team wanted you to uh, 
kind of balance that stuff, but I don't know. I just think it kind of takes away from it, honestly. I don't like that aspect. Also, the progression's a little wonky. I'm not a big fan of challenge-based progression for the most part, and that's kind of what what a lot of this is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I there's there's a lot about uh, how this game is structured that I just don't necessarily know if I like. Uh, like the whole um, managing your roster of operators and like with injuries and operators going MIA and right. all that. It rings to me a lot like a free to play game, where mm-hmm. it would I imagine very easily an option to pay to get your shit back. Um, but it's not. It's not a free-to-play game. We are playing on Game Pass, but it. I believe this is. This does cost money. I'm not sure if it's a full-priced game, but it's forty dollars. I think. Yeah. Um. But it does have some structure in there that makes me think that they were, maybe thinking about free-to-play at some point. Right. Yeah, I can. I see where you're coming from there for sure. Uh, and yeah, I. I get why the game is structured the way it is and why it feels like such a grind to get anywhere because I like at the end of our session I just unlocked the second set of levels. Right. Um and it feels like it would take a long time to get to the end of this game where it doesn't necessarily feel like it justifies that um just it, from a story perspective like there just isn't anything there. It just feels very uh well, this is kind of a bullshit concept to get to get you into <laughs> into some like into what we're doing here. Like it's they put the Tom Clancy name on this, and I know that means different things to a lot of people. I mean, I'm not necessarily a fan of Tom Clancy or any of his work, um, but as far as Tom Clancy games go, with what Ubisoft has done like in the past with them, this feels very weird. Oh yeah. Definitely. But at least it isn't like... I mean, in some ways I kind of appreciate this be not being a classic Tom Clancy story because I do not necessarily like a lot of Tom Clancy stuff because just just the worldview it presents uh, where it's like, oh, it's all... Like, in all the Tom Clancy games, as far as I can remember, it's all... Uh, Hey, we're the uh, white European slash Americans uh, fighting off uh, the Russians or the Middle East or like or China or something like that. Like it, that is usually the brand of Tom Clancy, and I don't necessarily jive with that. I feel like that's a very outdated worldview, and like it wasn't even right at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just. It's just weird to me, but, you know, if if they can do some... I, I just feel like they don't need the Tom Clancy name anymore. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I know they, they bought the right, to, the right to use the name Tom Clancy, but, like, I don't think they should have, and I don't think they needed to. Right. Yeah, and, too, back to the progression, like, if sure you're unlocking new maps and 
you know, there's a degree of kind of fun to that, of learning the map and, you know, the objectives change every time you play on the map. You know, there's a, there's all that there. But if you're still only really doing the same similar sort of uh, objectives every time, then that grind to get to the end of the game is even worse because it's just going to get really repetitive. And maybe maybe those objectives change up drastically in later maps, but that's just something where, you know, we were really only playing on the New York map, and we were playing all three of the different smaller maps that you can do, uh, but, you know, it's just kind of started to feel a little repetitive by the time we were done with it. It was like, eh, I don't know if I want to keep going with this. You know, we just yeah. did all this stuff. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's on Game Pass, so if y'all are out there on Game Pass, check it out. But like, I'm not sure I can recommend paying money for this. No, I, I don't. I don't think I would either, for sure. And I'm not saying Game Pass you aren't paying money for it. Obviously, you have the subscription, but it's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of just there if you if you want to try it out. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad game at all. It's just like, uh, yeah. There's just something missing from it that just doesn't make it click for me. Yeah. Then we went and played something else. We we continued to play Halo Infinite. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and you decided to uh, have us play, like, the sweatiest game mode I've played in Halo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were running a new event, um, Cyber Showdown, and it was a, an attrition game mode where each team had eight lives. It kind of works out to 12, 11 or 12, I guess. Um, and it's just an elimination game mode. So your team shares a pool of lives and then, you know, got to eliminate the other team. Best of three rounds wins. And, yeah, the matches are very quick. You know, they can last from, you know, four to five minutes, really. I mean, you can really knock a bunch of them out. But, yeah, it can get pretty sweaty at times. And last night, I mean, I played some of this mode before last night, and I felt like it was just a lot more balanced when I was playing it, but last night, I felt like there were very few matches that we played that were, like, balanced and, and felt very competitive. It was kind of lopsided, like either we rolled the, the team or we got rolled. Um, so I, I don't know what was going on there, but but I, I, I like the game. I mean, I think it's it's something different. For, for Halo, just a different spin on you know the the team slayer aspect and can create some good fun. I'll tell you exactly why uh, the matches were swinging so wildly, uh, Tyler. It's because I'm a professional Halo player, and uh, when we match with my uh, with with the people on my level, uh, you got wrecked a lot. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? But no, I mean. It's maybe it was just the time of day we were playing too. <laughs> yeah, maybe you uh, to complete like the event battle pass, you know, the event track. Basically, you know, you have to complete challenges for it, and at the end, you get a cool mohawk. That's what I got. Yeah, I mean, you say it's cool, but I I have other words for it. I think they've uh, they, they they've ruined Halo. <laughs> the cat ears were fine. 
I draw the line at the cyber mohawk. Yeah. It, it does look very corny, but I'll take it. I mean, it's what they got to do. It's the multiplayer's free to play. They have to do something. Yeah, definitely. The, like, kind of, like, cyber goggles sort of things that you oh, can get, God, fuck those that. look awful. That's, I'm just like, no, I, I don't need it. That looks that. like something Kanye West would wear in yeah, public. Absolutely. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, I'm Daft Punk now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anything else you've been playing? Yeah, I have played a lot of Psychonauts 2. Um, I think last time we we uh, did the, the pod, I think I just started that game, but now I'm like seven hours in or so. Um, the game is excellent. Um, it's not without its faults, but it is a very, very fun game. Um, I'm finding the the characters to be very enjoyable. Uh, the story's very enjoyable as well. And in Raz, Raz is just, he's a rad character. Um, and, and I'm just really enjoying kind of being in this world. And this game is just so creative from top to bottom. I mean, every level has something in it where I go, that's cool. That That was a cool moment. Or, you know, I didn't think this game would do that. Um, and it feels very Mario-like in that way. It's just, just kind of wacky, fun sort of things that are always happening in these levels. Like, there's one where, um, you are on a cooking show, basically, and so you, it's kind of, kind of fucked up, but, uh, it, it was fun. Like, the audience is just the different ingredients. So you have bread that's in the audience, a strawberry, an egg watermelon things like that and you literally have to grab them with your telekinesis powers and then it'll tell you like what you need to do like you need to chop this onion and there's all these big old stations and you literally have to do all this like platforming and stuff to get up to them you'll place the onion underneath the slicer and then just slice it in half and it like dies and it's really really (laughs) it's kind of wild but it's it's a lot of fun there's like there was a bunch of, like, rails that you can grind on, like, very much, like, Ratchet and Clank style. Um, and then there's some cool combat sequences. Uh, it, the level design's just, it's really cool. Um, and what I'm also kind of impressed with is in between the levels, there's some pretty cool kind of more open areas that you can explore. And there's a lot of just really cool uh, platforming moments to get into and things to find and characters to talk to and I was not um not thinking this game would have something like that and and I was really enjoying myself exploring those the other night um it just kind of there's if there's actually some side quests that you can get into as well in these areas I mean it's it's a lot more expansive and a lot more deep than I thought it was going to be um the one there's two things that are kind of bugging me a little bit about the game like for the most part i am enjoying the combat like the powers that you get uh both to navigate the environment solve puzzles can also be used in combat and they are very cool um and the enemies are fun to fight 
Um, but there's just something about the combat that is just just missing to me to make it go kind of over the top and just be truly fun. Um, because, and I feel like it has to do with just the movement in like kind of dodging in a way because there, there's some bigger enemies and you have to go up and beat the shit out of them and, and I'm doing that. And then I know based off their animation that I need to dodge out of the way and I'll hit the dodge button and then my the Raz just doesn't kind of move how I want him to. So it feels just just a hair slightly unresponsive uh, to me to make it kind of frustrating sometimes. Um, and then the other ones just uh, platforming can be a little little wonky sometimes. Like it's not as smooth as say Ratchet and Clank is with platforming and just jumping and the feeling of that. Um, it's not terrible by any means, but I just once again I just feel like just a little bit more there in terms of feel is something that I'm looking for. So sometimes that that can be a little frustrating too, but yeah, man, I'm I'm really really enjoying this game and looking forward to keep playing it. So Yeah, I mean I don't know. It, it doesn't look like my kind of game. Uh maybe uh maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I just I'm glad you're enjoying it, but man, it's that seems like one that's for a very specific audience. <laughs> um, maybe. I mean, I think. I think it is that a audience lot. being people who played Psychonauts. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I don't think it's just for people who played Psychonauts. Like, I, I think if you're into like action platformers, you will like this game. Like, I played Psychonauts back in the day. I couldn't even really tell you. Um, much about it. I don't remember it too much. Um, but this, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, maybe another way to describe some of the platforming issues I'm running into is just it feels kind of old sometimes. Like it feels like a game on PS2 oh. with, with some of that platforming. Like it can not be exactly what you want. But But some of these environments are just and levels are just really, really fun in terms of you see something, you're like, can I do something with that? And most of the time you can. Like one of the open areas I was going through was this forest. And I'm like, how the fuck do I get up there? And I'm like running around trying to see if I can find stuff to jump on. And then, oh, it turns out there's these just little tiny trees that are kind of angled and you can just jump on them. And then you're blasting through the environment up to all these different platforms and all of a sudden, it's kind of unlocking all these different areas that you can go to, and it's just really cool, cool stuff like that. A lot of times, so yeah, I'm liking it. Awesome. Uh, is that is that is that is that all you got? Uh, the actually, I've played a decent amount of Far Cry Six oh, as well. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> just trucking through this first major area that I'm in now and just knocking out different missions, knocking out both main missions, side missions. There's special like yarn stories you can get into that are cooler sort of things that 
you can do uh, there's treasure hunts that I've done which have been kind of fun um, the game like I said is just ridiculous like I did a mission where I had to steal a tank and I had to drive that tank so fucking far across the map and every time an enemy was driving by me or something, they would start shooting at me. So I'm literally just going down the road. Just as soon as I see an enemy truck, I'm just like, boom, fire, blow that one up, keep keep rolling. Boom, fire, blow that one up, keep going. And then uh, it was kind of, this is where uh, just this game is so ridiculous in terms of like what I'm doing versus what I need to do sort of thing. So I'm on a mission. I'm in this tank. I'm driving to this town. And I had to like destroy all these billboards and do all this stuff. So I'm like rolling through this fucking town. Just blowing the shit out of stuff. And then right like the next street over is my next mission. And I have to like sneak into this kind of church basically. And get up to this bell tower. And none of those guards were alerted or anything. So I'm just rolling through with this tank. And they're just like, yeah, nothing, nothing's going on over here. And yeah, some, sometimes that stuff is just kind of like, mm, that's a little weird. But um, it's 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 a cool game. I'm also, I, I'm at this point, I didn't even know this sort of stuff was in the game of there's like literal base building in this game. Like I got to this camp and this is where my kind of, my homies are, and I can build them out to have uh, better uh, fishing spots, uh, better map and in, in kind of item tracking, better um, garrisons for for allies to have like better weapons, uh, all sorts of stuff. And so I didn't know that was in the game, so that's been kind of fun to build that stuff out. Very much like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, where you were kind of building out your, your camp in that game, it's very similar uh, in this game. So, yeah, it's it's. I'm enjoying myself with it. There are moments of frustration. Like I was trying to take this base, and I wiped everybody out, not knowing though that the last dude jumped in a tank, and I had no explosives with me at all. There was no vehicle I could get in. There's no way to hijack the tank. Um, so there's, so I'm kind of screwed, basically. So I'm running around just trying to find resources. Like, ah, maybe I can find grenades and a couple ammo refills and make this happen. Um, I have my backpack sort of thing that I could fire rockets out of. So I use that, but then that takes like five minutes to recharge. And so I'm in this base, and I swear, just to take that t- that tank down, it took me like 15 minutes, maybe, um, of just running around trying to find everything, and I did. And then I I finally destroy the tank, and I'm like, okay, got it, because most of those bases are you just gotta eliminate all the enemies, and you're good to go. Um, and then I'm running around for another couple minutes, and nothing's happening, but the music's still playing. It's not saying I captured a base, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then, all of a sudden, someone comes on my radio and was like, Danny, there's a, there's, there's a tank coming for you. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So, 
Now I'm completely out of resources. The tank that I could have used to destroy this tank coming for me is completely destroyed. I have nothing around me to to help with. And I just got fucking rocked. Like, there was no great way to go about it. And so then I had to do the whole base over again. And so that was kind of frustrating. So stealthed my way through. Once I got spotted, then I'm just gunning for that tank um, that, that I knew was in there and got that and um, went a lot smoother. But there's just kind of weird, like, kind of frustrating moments like that where you just kind of don't know what's coming next. And sometimes it can be exciting, but sometimes it's just frustrating. Um, and then uh, just weird, like, glitchy moments sometimes where you know, your character should be doing something and they're not. Then that, that was another one. Like in this mission where I had to get into church, I then had to kind of carry um, this guy that got shot. We had to escape. And literally in the objective, there's another character with me. It was like, so-and-so will lead the way. And so I don't really know where I'm supposed to go. And it's kind of a linear, like call of duty sort of moment. And she's just like standing around. And there, this is also a timed mission. You know, we have to get out there and save this guy before he dies. And she's just like standing around. And then all of a sudden I'm moving and I'm finding maybe one guy. I take him out. Um, and then she's like, okay, now now she's running uh, forward more. And then she just stops and she kind of keeps walking in circles. And then she's acting like someone's around, but no one's on my map. No one's in front of me. I don't see anybody. And then all of a sudden, she's engaging in combat with a dude that's completely invisible. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I shoot him, and I kill him, but then there's more guys, and they're all invisible. And so the AI was all screwed up, so we couldn't really finish the mission. And then I ended up failing the mission, having to restart it, and then it worked fine. But just kind of some weird polished moments like that that this game, I feel, could have used, but... It's a fun zone out and blow some shit up sort of game. I just... I, I find stuff like that inexcusable. Yeah. It's it's really frustrating. And to be honest with you, I've not experienced something like this in a Far Cry game. Usually they've, they've had that polish where they worked, but... Man, some of this stuff has been kind of frustrating in this one. Yeah. I mean... Ubisoft has so many different studios working on their games that I just I just feel like they have the resources to make sure this stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess they, they just need to release the game at some point. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I don't have an appetite for Ubisoft open world games anymore. Yeah, and that's kind of that's that's kind of making me wonder if I'm even gonna be in for uh, Horizon when it comes out, because that's very much a similar formula. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, to me, like the first Horizon, that world was way more fun to explore in being than a lot of Ubisoft worlds. Plus, the combat was way more engaging. Mm-hmm. So, th- I-, I think. Just on those two aspects, like Horizons is infinitely more interesting to me, but I understand where you're coming from. 
Uh, and it doesn't help that uh, a week later Elden Ring's coming out, so... Huh. Right. Huh. <laughs> it's hard to get excited for a game when you know there's another game coming out right after it that uh, you're, you know you're more excited for. Yeah, right. All right, yeah, well... That's all I got. You got anything else? I mean, look, it's always Final Fantasy fourteen. I've right. unlocked all of all of my classes. I'm leveling everything, and that's just what my life is right now. It, if I didn't do this podcast, that might be the only game I play ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, normal stuff. Did some Cozy Grove. Yeah, it's just, it's the usual suspects for me, uh, as, as it is, uh, until some video games that I'm excited for come out. Uh, so let's just, let, let's get into the news. There's a little bit of news. There's a little yeah. bit of news. Um, some updates on some Activision stuff. Um, Call of Duty's going to stay on PlayStation for the next couple of entries. Uh, I believe they said the next three Call of Duties are, are going to be on PlayStation. Um, I also heard rumors of a Warzone 2 perhaps being a thing. I, I, how, do you, how do you feel about that one? Look, I'm not sure they can make it happen. Fortnite didn't even do a Fortnite 2. They did Fortnite Chapter 2. Yeah. I... I I think the only reason you could possibly say Warzone 2 is if that's when Xbox pulls the plug on Sony and is like, yeah, Warzone 2. Play it anywhere except on the PlayStation. <laughs> right. Uh... Yeah, yeah I, just, I feel like a Warzone 2 is just a bad idea. Like, Warzone is very, very established. Like, how would you move everybody over to a Warzone 2 unless you just, like, literally replace Warzone? And, like, any items, un you know, unlock skins, like, does that transfer to a Warzone 2? Is it a hard cutoff and... You know, we're moving forward with something new, like a lot of these Call of Duty games are every year when it comes to, like, multiplayer stuff. So, I just, I, that is a weird one when that was coming out, is being in development. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. You don't <coughs> see it with other, uh, other Battle Royale games. Like, they don't, they don't just slap a two on it, like... Right. It's like the closest uh, analog to this is like maybe maybe Destiny. Like they they made a Destiny two where they they didn't really need to call a de call it a Destiny two, and you and at this point it would be really silly if they made a Destiny three. Yeah. Um, at least to me, like it it just seems silly. But even, those are like story. They, those games have a story, and uh, like it has. It has some roots in some more traditional games, like having sequels and uh, of that nature. But like, it's for for Warzone for a multiplayer game. It's just uh, and a game game that like 
prides itself on being like a long running like service game like a game that like exists for a long time and just builds on itself i just don't think you can re hit the reset button on that it just it's just uh it's too much it's right. too much you can't plus they, the reset button yeah plus they kind of already have resets in a way of when every major annual call of duty title comes out then they're you know kind of redoing warzone of like here's a new map here's a new era of weapons to use and all sorts of stuff so then to make it two on top of that no it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me at all it's a very activision move to me yeah we'll see if that if that happens uh, right under microsoft maybe microsoft will have a little bit of sense uh, yeah yeah but the next you know two three titles that makes sense to me i mean honestly this deal uh might not go through until even sometime next year um potentially depending on how long it takes so obviously this year's title will definitely be out on playstation it would make sense for the next one to be out and then we we also don't know what like literal contractual agreements sony has had with activision and how far those go um in terms of marketing and all sorts of stuff like that that you know microsoft said they're going to honor and you know they don't want to break that stuff so who knows how far that goes but you know the next two or three games makes a lot of sense to me to still be on playstation and maybe even future titles make sense to be on playstation only because there is so much money in this franchise that it kind of would be insane. I mean, yeah, taking away Elder Scrolls or Fallout or Doom, like, from PlayStation. Um, yeah, there's a lot of money on the PlayStation side that Microsoft could be making with those games. But Call of Duty is on a whole other level. I mean, it's the biggest, best-selling franchise of all time, basically. And, you know, it's very much up there with, say, Minecraft, which... Call of Duty has left, or uh, Microsoft has left on PlayStation. So, if there's one franchise that remains on PlayStation to me out of this deal, it's this one. Mm. But it would also be a massive boon to Microsoft in terms of console sales and Game Pass subscriptions to say this is only on Xbox and PC. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this yeah i mean as it stands now uh for like i mean it, it's gonna be a while till that deal gets done right um so in the meantime things happening at activision blizzard are still on activision blizzard um so uh, with that in mind let's let's go to this next story uh where uh activision blizzard has decided they will not voluntarily recognize the uh, Raven Software Union. Um, for those not familiar with this story, QA workers at uh, Raven Software have been getting shafted and have decided <laughs> to form a union. Um, and Activision Blizzard has decided to uh, say, hey, hold, hold on to that. 
if you're going to unionize, uh, everyone at Raven should be uh, voting whether or not the union should exist, and not just the department who's getting fucked. Um, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, generally, when you uh, when you try to create a union and um, include people who are already comfortable with their uh, employment status, that generally doesn't work very well because the people who are in a comfortable position are not going to are not going to willingly uh, jeopardize that potentially by joining the joining this union, whether or not that those concerns are valid or not. I, that that's up for debate, and I I generally don't agree that uh, even if there is some sacrifice to be made, uh, the fact that one department is getting fucked should uh, cue you into hey that could be your department next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Activision has also uh, decided uh, that it's going to restructure <laughs> a little bit. I mean. In a way that is kind of more in line with industry standard, but also suspiciously after Raven QA have tried to form this union, they're splitting QA into, like, they're dividing QA and integrating it into multiple departments rather than having a QA department. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, read that as you will. Uh, it's just very suspicious, if you ask me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it's unfortunately like a to be expected sort of move from Activision to not recognize his union and also to um you know, move people around, all sorts of stuff. I mean it they're a major corporation. Major corporations don't like unions and this this is kind of to be expected to me but you know it, it is a I feel a very significant step for the industry in even if it's just this QA department at Raven that is unionized or trying to be you know I mean for this to happen in a major AAA developer and publisher is a pretty significant thing um, to have happened and it makes me wonder what what might happen at other studios. But like you said, like the people that are already comfortable in their positions and, you know, their department's not being bent over, then, you know, they're probably way less willing to, to unionize. So I think it's just going to be tough across the board. But we'll see where it goes. And And, and I'm also just really curious, like, what happens to this when uh, Microsoft takes over too? Yeah, you know, where, I mean, where does this go? That, that is like the huge question mark over all this. Is like, I mean, even news of that acquisition might have had an effect on like people whether they're willing to uh, unionize or not. Like, you, yeah. you see Activision come in and you're like, hey, maybe things will be better without even going through all this effort. Um, which isn't necessarily tr- true. I like maybe maybe it will be better, but it it will it be better than having a, a collective bargaining agreement with like 
being able to uh, negotiate as a whole rather than individually like I'm not I'm not so sure that's true I, I think that <laughs> there is definitely potential when you bargain collectively you're going to get more out of the corporation because they they kind of have to right um, <laughs> because you can't just fire the entire department uh, yeah I could see Activision doing that though just saying, eh, fuck you guys. We'll uh, we'll figure something else out. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's it's super shitty that like QA is like frequently like the most shit on aspects of game development. Like everyone blames QA, uh, and like it's it's it seems like they're always the punching bags, and that that just isn't fair. Right. Yeah. All right. Enough about Activision Blizzard for now. We can we can put that away until uh, you know. I guess the investigation turns up that Bobby Kotick actually murdered people at Activision Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I'm not sure if I've said it on the podcast yet. Uh, you know, Bobby Kotick likely uh, potential pedophile friends with uh, one Jeffrey Epstein. Um, yeah. So. You know, I'm just going. That's how I address Bobby Kotick anymore. When someone asks me about him, uh, on what I feel about him on the internet, I always address him as a likely pedophile, Bobby Kotick, until you know someone sues me or threatens to sue me over saying that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he was in Epstein's little 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 book. Um, yeah, I'm it's... not sure. I'm not sure if he was at a at, at uh, the pedophile island, but you know, just. <laughs> The association being there, you gotta suspect that why did that relationship exist? <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a hell of a thing to be associated with Jeffrey Epstein that closely. Like, <laughs> yeah. you have to have done done shit and no shit, and none of it is good. Uh, speaking of things that are not good, things being shut down, Sega. Not Sega itself. They're shutting down their arcade business. Sega is still doing fine. <laughs> Sega is probably, like, <laughs> a very valuable asset out there for someone looking to acquire, and I would not be surprised if that's Microsoft's next target. Uh, <laughs> but Sega, they've had... A long-reigning, famous arcade uh, franchise over in Japan, and uh, you know, just a variety of things, notwithstanding this 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 pandemic that has been going on for a couple of years, uh, they're shutting down their arcade business, which is sad. Um, still, be able to visit Sega arcades in the Yakuza games, though. Um, and yeah, the, another thing shutting down, <laughs> probably even less surprising, is Ubisoft's Hyperscape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly surprised this wasn't shut down already. It, I feel like there wasn't even one week of hype for this. I feel like this came out and immediately just 
didn't hit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember when this was announced, they, I think, like, some kind of hands-on demo sort of stuff went live with a lot of different outlets. It was like, okay, this could be cool. And then once it actually released to be able to play, it was, like, just DOA. Yeah. I mean, it's shutting down April 28th now, but... I feel like if you go look at the numbers, it's pretty much already shut down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty uh, much. It's it's uh, sad, but Ubisoft just really, really missed out on this one. I mean, they were chasing. Like, right. They were chasing the genre very much. Just yes. Just trying to get in on something that... I'm not sure if they had any real right to try, because uh, Ubisoft doesn't, like... Other than Siege... And, like, other than, like, Rainbow Six, because I, I feel like the Vegas games had pretty alright multiplayer. I'm just not... I, I struggle to think of good multiplayer games coming out of Ubisoft. Yeah. I mean, they have some decent co-op experiences. You know, Far Cry, yeah. Ghost Recons, but yeah, when, when but it comes never to just anything multiplayer... To, like, and especially never anything to the scale of a Battle Royale. Yeah. Like, they don't design big multiplayer. No. And, and, I mean, they're trying to do that with some of these games that got announced last year, like, whatever that X Defiant game is, um, that uh, Ghost Recon Battle Royale, sort of, like that Frontlines game, I think it's called. Yeah, and it won't be surprising if those things fall on their face either. Yeah. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. It won't be surprising at all. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the thing about some of these companies, especially the bigger ones, uh, is that you know someone comes up with a cool idea and then they feel the need to chase it because of money rather than just taking time and resources to just do what they do and do what they do best or coming up with something new. And then like, you end up with just games like this, Hyperscape, that just die very quickly in, in a competitive field too i mean battle royale is to a degree kind of like mobas like it was just it's so hard to break into that genre and just stay in it and be successful you know yeah and i think to the point of like chasing genres i feel like the reason big companies do it is because uh the way they're structured they ha- like, we have, like, very few, like, creative directors at each of these big companies, and they just run out of ideas. Yeah. And they don't look for ideas within. They go out and look for ideas that are already out there. Right. They plus, don't come up with their own shit. Yeah, plus they have, a, you know, a bunch of investors that are sitting there like, hey, what about this? This is popular. What are you going to do about that? How are you going to get in that to, to make us some money, you know? Yeah, that happens all the time too. So, and that's also like part of like the structure of a lot of big, big companies. Yeah, like they're all responsible to shareholders, and uh, that's maybe not the best. That doesn't give you good video games all, all the time. Like it's no, it's very uh, rare that you <laughs> you are 
the reason you make something being responsible to uh, shareholders also results in something new and and fun and something that's that actually feels fresh um, it, yeah. it always feels like something that is the measured choice the choice that is like it feels like these things are calculated rather than created yeah totally agree but you know there is space in the battle royale genre if you ask me for Rumbleverse <laughs> Iron Galaxies wrestling battle royale it's been delayed uh, it was supposed to launch February 15th but they're pushing it back there's going to be some uh, early access stuff. Um, there's going to be some betas running. They haven't announced release dates, so I don't know. Just I just want more wrestling. More wrestling. More good wrestling because let me tell you, the Royal Rumble, I know you're not a wrestling fan. The Royal Rumble annually is usually like one of the exciting pay-per-views that WWE puts out. Mm-hmm. It's like one of three things you should really watch out of WWE. And uh, they shat the bed. Uh, they made it like the most uninteresting thing ever. So, Uh-oh. How'd they do that? So, do you understand like the um, the concept of the Royal Rumble? Like, they send like, it's all the like 30 wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, getting released every once in a while and mm-hmm. like it's always and the winner gets like to main event Wrestlemania and whatever and go for the championship belt and usually that's where you get a contender that like you wouldn't normally see uh, and th- this year they decided at number 30 the last person to enter the freshest body to come in the one who is most likely to win the rumble they just chose Brock Lesnar. Oh. <laughs> like, wow. Brock Lesnar could main event WrestleMania without winning the Rumble. Mm-hmm. They could they could do that. They could have him challenge for the, uh, for the WWE Championship. But they just decided that they were going to not create anything interesting with the Royal Rumble and just hand it to him. So, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> that sounds fun. But not really. No. No. I just... I just don't know... You know what? There. In the United States, there are two big wrestling companies. One of them is bad, and one of them is so unfathomably unjustifiable to watch. <laughs> And that's WWE. You, there's no justification for watching WWE. AEW has, like, a lot of bad shit going on. Um, mainly because... And the main reason these are both bad is because they're they're run by uh, billionaire man-babies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, maybe there's a connection between that and what wrestling is about and the fandom of wrestling. A lot of adult man-babies. Uh, watch it. Uh, so, maybe it's kind of maybe it's just kind of a poisoned pool. Like, maybe it was inevitable that things would always be bad, 
but it isn't always bad. Like, there are a lot of other smaller promotions out there. Anyways, enough about wrestling. Because <laughs> I know no one here gives a shit about wrestling. Yeah. Not you. Uh, not anyone who listens to this. But yeah, Rumbleverse. Keep an eye on that. Uh, probably, it's probably a good thing with something like this to launch in an open beta phase. Yeah. You know, just work things out rather than just launch and maybe have some problems. So, makes sense. I think gameplay-wise, this game could stand out i do worry a little bit about about its art style it just looks like so many other games that have come out recently that are very fortnite like so Mm. i i do worry about that but i think gameplay wise you know it's a it's an interesting concept for sure look drop drop get getting skyscraper elbow drops that's just great (laughs) yeah also great is a respawn entertainment and you know what disney thinks as well he said too they're they're handing them some more uh, star wars games a lot of star wars Respawn games. making three star wars games Woo. um they're gonna make a sequel to jedi fallen order obviously uh they're, they're making an fps uh and they're making a strategy game with uh, people who were formerly at, uh, I believe, Firaxis. Um, so we're going to get a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. We're going to get probably some sort of Clone Wars FPS. If you if they're doing an FPS, I feel like it's I feel like Clone Wars could be a good thing to do there. Um, or maybe they do a Boba Fett FPS, like a single player. FPS, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then, come on, Star Wars XCOM. Come on. Come on, Tyler. You know that's good. You know that's a good idea, I, Star Wars uh, XCOM. Yeah, I mean, I think there is there is a ton of potential in a Star Wars strategy game like XCOM. That's yeah, a smart mean, idea. I know you're a sure. fan of Mario and Rabbids, but come on. If it was Star Wars, you know you'd be in for that. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, uh, yeah, this is exciting and also kind of depressing at the same time. It's one of the it's it's almost the same way that I feel about Insomniac. I love these Spider-Man games. I'm very excited for the sequel to Spider-Man. I'm excited for this Wolverine game just cuz Insomniac's a great developer. Yeah, we haven't seen anything of it. You know, it's hard to get very excited about, but they have a great track record. But then that means that they're kind of have turned into a Marvel studio, and when in the flying fuck are we ever going to get another Ratchet and Clank game? Or anything else out of that studio that's new? Mm. Same with Respawn. Respawn is a great developer. They have not put out a bad game. Jedi Fallen Order was awesome. Titanfall games, great. Apex Legends, great. But this just means when the fuck are we going to get a Titanfall 3? Probably not. For a long, long time, if ever. Because um, how many teams does Respawn have to to handle three Star Wars games, Apex Legends, plus 
there is another shooter in the works at that studio that is not related to this Star Wars project. And that's supposed to be, like, something new. Like, it's not Titanfall at all. So, man, they have a lot lot of irons in the fire, and I, I do worry about that. And then, also, how much can Vince Sampello really take on? Um, he's more of a producer, which is, you know, I think is, is great and why his his lead has always been uh, great in, in, make, in making these games as good as they are. But he's also having to try to fix dice in Battlefield. So how much involvement is he going to have in any of this stuff? And he's not the only one, of course. There's there's hundreds of people that are going to be working on these games that are going to be doing the, the, the all the, the grunt work to make it great. But I, I just I am curious about that. And uh, But there's a lot of potential here. I mean, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order is a no-brainer. We kind of have already known that they're working on that. And I think there's a lot of great potential in a sequel to that game, um, you know, that was the first, uh, you know, third-person action game that Respawn has done. You know, that team's mostly known for shooters, and to turn something out like that was was cool, very much Gorilla-like. Um, I'm curious about this strategy game, just based off of who's working on it, and I am also just very down for a Respawn first-person shooter in the Star Wars universe, and I hope it's like a sequel or a remake or something Republic Commando related. I mean, that would be so fucking awesome with Respawn's uh, direction, modern visuals. Man, that would be awesome. So part of me is really interested uh, about all these projects. Part of me is a little little sad about it too, but um, I mean, good for for Respawn, man. Look, They are making it happen for EA. I will say that. This is just hyper-capitalism, baby. Everything's got to be attached to the biggest properties possible to make the most money. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you have an original idea? Fuck you. We're going to hand you this IP, and you're going to work with this IP. Fuck your ideas. Yeah. Uh, we know this is going to make money, even if it's bad. Yeah. Which, I don't think any of these Respawn games are going to be bad. I, I'm not sure. No. Like the strategy thing is going to be something new for them, but they did hire, like, some people who know what they're doing, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. And I just, I just too, hope that EA keeps kind of leaving Respawn alone and letting them do their thing. And, you know, they don't pressure them, like, say, a Bioware or a DICE or something like that. You know, because Respawn just seems to be like, okay, yeah, EA, you can own us, but fuck you. We're not doing what we want, what you want us to do, exactly. You know, we're not going to use Frostbite. We're going to use Unreal, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And You'd like to believe nice. EA has learned its lesson. I would I would hope so. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but too, hey, the f- they're, they're EA. They're responsible to shareholders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um Two with the the first person shooter game, a Boba Fett game could be cool, like a, or a Mandalorian sort of game. Just hopefully it's not as boring as this fucking Boba Fett show. You know what I mean? I have not watched any of it. Oh, dude, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not digging it personally. Okay. But I always thought Boba Fett was a stupid fucking character. Anyway, but whatever. They've kind of made him very boring to me in in this show. 
Um, it has it has it has its moments for sure, but compared to the Mandalorian, I'm just, just kind of struggling to to get through it. All right, Star Wars side talk here. I always thought it was hilarious how much people talked up Boba Fett before I watched the Star Wars movies. And to see his role in the Star Wars movies is to get kicked in a fucking pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've never thought he was, like, the coolest character ever, but he was at least intriguing just because you didn't really know a lot about him, you know, really. But turns out he, you didn't but yeah, to. I mean, <laughs> people, yeah, exactly. But people do certainly worship his character and it's like oh my god mm. but yeah they I don't know he's just yeah I'll just leave it there yeah I don't get it but apparently Ubisoft thinks I don't get NFTs so whatever uh, gamers don't get it this when is... it comes to NFTs that is like the number one thing I hear from a fucking crypto bros is you just don't get it man or yeah. their pitch being, imagine this, imagine... How about you imagine shoving that shit up your ass and fucking going away? Fuck right. this NFT shit. Fuck Ubisoft for thinking that, oh, we don't... No, we do get it. We get that it's fuck. It's a fucking scam. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> this is just a really bad uh, response to all this stuff. Um because it reminds me a lot of, to a degree, of when Microsoft revealed the Xbox One and Don Matrick was out there like, oh, yeah, if you don't get this, if you don't like it, just go buy a 360. And, you know, the, the collective video game people were like, fuck you, no. Like, that is, no, that is stupid. Why would you say that? And... NFTs is just another one of these things of like, this is not happening, and it's a scam. It's it is completely just insane, and I I cannot believe that someone out there at Ubisoft said that quote. I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them. For now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, gamers really believe it's first. It's first destroying the planet, and second, just a tool for speculation. But what we at Ubisoft are seeing first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once, they, once they're finished with them, or they're finished playing the game itself. Hey, bro, in the 90s and the early 2000s, when we wanted to resell our video games, we just resold our video games. <laughs> Exactly. Because that's the market that was there. Uh, this, the way they're trying to do it now is, hey, you want to resell your games again. How about we just take, how about we just skim off the top of that? Right. Uh, and that, that's, that's basically what they're trying to do here. Um, and, yeah, it's just totally fucking stupid. You don't own anything anymore. You no. own a license. It's, it's total fucking nonsense to do this with digital skins, items, all that stuff within a video game. I mean, they, come on. It's just fucking dumb. But you know what? You gotta hand it to them. There's no worse marketing for NFTs than trying to tell people they don't get it. People hate being told that they're stupid. Yeah. 
So, you know what? Keep doing that, Ubisoft. Keep telling us we're stupid for not liking NFTs. Yeah. I uh, (laughs) I forgot to tell you this. I had someone at work actually ask me if I wanted to get in on NFTs because, you know, I work with a lot of uh, digital models of buildings, basically. And now that is something you can do with NFTs is, like, create these models of buildings and sell them and someone straight up asked me if i wanted to like design these buildings and model all this stuff just to do nfts and we would split the profits and stuff and i was just like no i'm good like one i don't have the time for that and two i don't give a flying fuck about nfts and you shouldn't either um but i just i couldn't believe it that it was like right there in front of me of someone asking me to do NFT, like get in with NFTs. I'm like, no, I don't give a shit about how much money it would bring me. I just I cannot bring myself to uh, interact with these things. You know, fuck that. I mean, come on, you just right click save. Like, there's no yeah. use to these <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like. It yeah, the the way to bypass so much of this shit and still get the product that you wanted anyway without going through the NFT shit. Like there are way like NFTs aren't solving any problems that haven't already been solved. It's just adding another layer of horseshit where rich people can can fucking scam you out of money. Yep. Yep. Someone's going to be left holding the bag at the end of the day. Like, it's like, (laughs) one day everyone's going to realize, oh, shit. (laughs) And then at that moment, the people who are holding on to that are, like, are going to be shit out of luck. Right. (sighs) (laughs) All right. A couple more things real quick. Uh, Sony London is making a game. (laughs) There's not much more to it. No, making I, a PlayStation Five game. Yeah, I think the only kind of like, oh, that's kind of interesting potentially is they're very they're hiring specifically for an online game. They're saying so. Guess there might be some multiplayer live service elements to this or something um, with whatever their next project is, and be curious if it'll be a VR game again or or what, but. Yeah, we'll we'll see on that where that goes. Yeah. And uh, the other thing we have here, Crisis Four. They're making another Crisis. Yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> Out of nowhere. I kind of forgot <laughs> Crytek existed. I I thought they like they sold their engine to Amazon or at least like a version or something. Like they sold the r- rights to their engine to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like. Amazon like made Lumberyard or something like that, uh, but yeah, I guess Crytek is actually going to make a video game again. Yeah, yeah, and I think what's the last one that did Hunt Showdown? I think that's yeah, a Crytek Hunt Sho- game. Hunt, Hunt Showdown did really well. It's still doing well. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Cry Crytek maybe getting back to shooters. I'm. <laughs> I'm curious how much they will push the visuals with where we're at now um, compared to back in, what, the 
early 2010s or whatever when Crisis came out. I don't even remember. 2007, maybe, something like that. But, you know, because that, that game was the benchmark for a lot of visuals. And I'm just curious how, how much they'll push it now and how pretty it'll be. And Yeah, I mean, I need to... I need to check out these Crisis games. I've never played them. They're all right. Yeah. They looked pretty at the time. Yeah. But I, too, always forget that Crytek's still around, to be honest with you. Because do you remember that story a few years ago where, like, they couldn't pay their employees anymore? And all that stuff? Like, they were, like, literally out of money, basically. And, I mean, I... They're still around. They've obviously turned things around with Hunt Showdown, but they've they've had kind of weird, weird couple of years. So, also though, uh, yeah, we got PlayStation Plus games yeah. February. Turns out, uh, you won't have to buy one of the games you thought you might have bought. <laughs> I feel like you were gonna play Tiny Tina's Assault of Dragon Keep. Well, I feel like that was something you were going to play regardless, but now it's on PlayStation Plus. I know you're definitely going to play it. Well, no, this is actually the DLC for Borderlands 2. Oh, shit. Yes. That's not the thing that I thought it was. No, oh. and that's why nobody likes this lineup at all, because that is fucked. <laughs> I thought that was a new Tiny Tina game that they were doing. No. My bad. Yeah. That's horseshit. <laughs> this is a shit lineup. <laughs> that is the standalone Borderlands 2 DLC. Great. Well, fuck that. <laughs> uh, they also have UFC 4 and Planet Coaster. All right, that's a shit month. Let's we don't need to dwell on that. Yeah, it's it's not the greatest month. I mean, Planet Coaster has good reviews if that's your your thing. Um, but yeah, overall just not super appealing and then yeah, this that giving away a DLC like that's just ridiculous. Like, fucking give away Borderlands three or something like that. Like, what is with Sony recently in these kind of half-assed sort of things on PlayStation Plus? Where like God, they gave away Godfall. And yeah, I mean, who gives a shit about Godfall? But they gave away like a specific almost slice of the game. It wasn't the game itself. And now they're doing this again with this Borderlands stuff. I mean, come on, man. That's just crazy. I mean, yeah, here we are complaining about free games, but... Sony's just done way better. And so they set the... It's all just preparation for a streaming service. Yeah, and I've I've read people speculating on that to where they might want to kind of pull that back a little bit more because of this service coming up. I mean, you, saw, how... you saw it with like games with gold. Like exactly, if you look exactly. at what games with gold are is now, it's like it's like Xbox is telling you what the fuck are you doing? Go subscribe to Game Pass. Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. Man. All right. I think yeah, that's all the news. Yes, that's the news. I just something. I saw a tweet, you know, um, interesting question from one Jeff Grubb. Uh, he's put up a poll. What do you think will be number one on February NPD? 
Ooh, man. So we got Elden Ring. We got Dying Light 2. We got Horizon. Yeah. And um, then his fourth option here on his poll is Pokemon Arceus. Right. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with either Pokemon or Horizon. It's very foolish for you to pick Pokemon since Nintendo doesn't report its phys- his, its digital sales. True, true, but still. I mean, they sell crazy every month. I mean, th- half the fucking list is always Nintendo games. Tyler, I'm going to pick the sleeper hit. There are a bunch of brain-wormed assholes out there who think long game mean good game, and Dying Light <laughs> 2 is going to take it. Uh... Yeah, maybe. I, I I see where you're coming from, but I I, I just don't see Dying Light Two topping it's any of those platform. games. It is, and it does. It is out longer compared to Horizon and Elden Ring. I just I just can't see it. I see I'm, it being successful, but not number one. That's that's. I'm just doing the math here, and I see a population. Of people stuck at home, wanting a lo- wanting money for their investment, one one I mean wanting a lo- wanting a long game for how much money they're putting in. I just see Dying Light too being out here, being like, "Yo, five hundred hours." <laughs> I'm just doing yeah. the math. I'm just running the numbers. Yeah. I mean, you might want to point a gun at me if you're out there standing horizon or elden ring look i'm not saying i i'm gonna play dying light 2 i don't have fucking time for that but what i am saying is that there are a lot of people out there who want a long video game like they want their video game that they're going to play for the whole of 2022 yeah and for a lot of people dying light 2 can be that game absolutely yeah we'll see it's i mean if anything though it's a pretty big month for video games. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and I'm yeah. excited to get into it. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah, with my absolutely. new gaming PC on its way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to be having spicy I'm going spicy to have all the frames. I'm going to trace all the rays. Yes. Yeah. I uh, am recording right now with a new mic stand. Oh. So yeah. I got just a quick, you know, twenty dollars stand that I can clamp onto the Look, desk that's here. All you has need a, has a pop filter. It's it's good shit. Yeah, and then I it makes you feel more professional, doesn't it? It does. I do like it for sure. And you know, I did get a second monitor, but was a fucking idiot. And I thought I could just use HDMI like this wow. other one. And I was like, no. You need, like, a BGA cable or something like that. Yeah, I need a display port to HDMI, I think. Based Uh, off of what's on the back of this thing, so... Wait, it doesn't have VGA, or...? It it has something similar to VGA, but it's not... I don't know what it is. Like, the input is way larger, and it's black. I couldn't... I don't don't think this thing has a VGA port on it. So it doesn't... Like... Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know what what kind of monitor. What what kind of monitor did you get? It's basically the same thing, just this Acer 1080p huh. monitor. 
So that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. So I just I just gotta get play port HDMI. I'm gonna give that a shot. Okay. I think right. it'll work. Setting up your battle station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then because of that, you know, today I was because I have this mic stand now. Before I was getting this weird feedback. Mm. recording directly to the PC. Like, I've been, I always have recorded my audio to my laptop, and yeah. I want to just do it all in one. And with this new stand, that has been eliminated, that weird feedback, but now I need oh. fucking... I need headphones now for the PC. So oh. if you got any, any good suggestions, let me know. Look, you might not want suggestions for me. I have expensive tastes yeah i know <laughs> but i mean i can i can look some stuff up for you yeah like I, I, i'm thinking i need to just get something like usb powered or something like that to mm. to use just to have headphone wise because my the speakers i have don't have a port in them for audio so i can't use that so yeah so yeah i have all this exciting new stuff but i can't use it all yet so all right. Soon. Well, yeah. and that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Uh, we're going to maybe try to go play Game of the Year 2021, according to the, the Keeleys. It yeah. takes two. Yeah, let's go. Family Game of the Year. I, yeah. We're going to figure out what that shit's about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. But yeah. I've got a few things to go over before we end the show. Uh, you give us, you should give us ratings and reviews. Just do it. Just, just do it. It doesn't. It takes like five seconds. Just to, you know, click on the five stars and be like, uh, "Pod good," and then uh, go send us emails at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail dot com or tweets at PS Report Podcast. Uh, you can find me at the Arctic Slot. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged Up Bits. Until next time, be good to each other. Play your video games and... Pop, 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 pop. Your titty.